Coat Agents Podcast. Lab Coat Nation, welcome back to another episode of the Lab Coat Agents Podcast. And today I don't have uh, one guest for you, I have two guests for you. And uh, these guys are a couple of, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I just met them. Uh, so I'm going to say this anyway. Uh, software tech geeks. Uh, maybe, that's <laughs> maybe I'll say nerds. I don't know. Maybe that's a little looser. Uh, but these guys have, have built a, uh, a platform that some of you may have heard about already called Showingly. And we're going to talk about that at some point during the podcast. But I think what's more important is what these guys can bring to the table in terms of their experience, not only on the real estate side of things, but also on in the tech world. And, and obviously having built some software that I think most of you are going to find extremely sexy if you've never heard of this, uh, I think they're going to be able to share some insights on you know, where the industry is today in terms of tech and where it's going. Uh, so with that said, welcome to the show, Jonathan Martinez and Andrew Coca. Is that correct? Yeah, Coca. Thank you. Perfect. Welcome, fellas. Yeah, thank you for having us. Uh, I think that's the first time anyone's uh, gotten Andrew's last name right the first time. <laughs> so easy, man. It's like Coca-Cola. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't. You, unbelievable how many times he messed up his last name. But um, yeah, excited say, to be here. I ask. Usually I ask first, but I figured that can't be that hard. I mean, it is what it is, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, good stuff, man. Well, good stuff. So, fellas, let's do this. Start, first of all, introduce yourselves. Let's just assume our audience has no idea who you are. So, if if you're watching this, which I know most of you aren't, um, these these are these are a couple of young fellas based out of the Denver area. Uh, but I want them to tell us a little bit about themselves, where they come from. I just told you where they're from geographically, but where you come from and the business. Like, what brought you to where you are today, and uh, what are you guys doing now? So, I'll let you guys choose who starts first. Go for it. Yeah, definitely. So, Jonathan here. Um, yeah, well. Uh, Born here in Denver, Colorado. I'm pretty excited to uh, to start a company here in Colorado. Um, outside of that, uh, we have a Andrew and I both have a background in real estate, but before that, um, dabbled in a few things. Uh, used to be in accounting and the CPA world, and uh, used that and leveraged that experience um, to start working for some startups in uh, New York City. And so that was a really good time, uh, galvanizing Soho out there. Um, and really got a taste for true entrepreneurship, mainly in tech um, and just kind of the diverse uh, businesses and personalities out there. And so um, while simultaneously doing that and then obviously working in accounting, um, eventually just uh, just fell in love with being a business owner. And I was so, so just thinking for years and years and years, um, you know, where could I, I try my hand at, uh, you know, dabbling and owning my own business. And, you know, a uh, long story short, uh, ended up uh, getting my real estate license uh, actually um, on a bet to my dad. He uh, bet me I couldn't finish my real estate course in like, I think he said eight weeks. I, I finished it in like five and a half. And so, um, and then so begins this, uh, this crazy wild ride in real estate and uh, did, did really well as a, as a single agent, hopped in a few different brokerages and uh, got a taste for the industry there. And um, and then uh, along that road, uh, just just uh, ended up taking me and um, really building a friendship with with Andrew. And and uh, then the story kind of takes its own shape from there. But I'll let him give his background first as well. Yeah, similar in that I went to the Northeast. I went to school at Babson College in Massachusetts, and it's a very entrepreneurship school, uh, entrepreneurial school, I should say. And was part of a few ventures there and it felt like at this place i mean there were billionaires as faculty members it, it, 
everyone thought worldwide, global, or at least nationwide, very, very big, right? And people were very creative and people were maybe too creative, but I eventually came back to Colorado to get into real estate because I didn't have any ideas on what I wanted to build in terms of a business and real estate and being a realtor or growing a team seemed like the easiest thing to do in terms of not needing to think too hard. And there's opportunity waiting for you if you're willing to work incredibly hard. And I think coming into this world, it was like people weren't necessarily thinking too creatively, but they had so much more focus and purpose and precision than all of these kind of loopy entrepreneurs had in the Northeast. And honestly, I think it was the best of both worlds because, you know, we learned how to wake up at 5 a.m. and go to the gym and get to the office and crush a 12-hour day and make your calls and do all of the things that are needed to do to really bang on that door to success when there's no hope of getting there. And I think in the entrepreneurial world Northeast, it's like these guys will wake up whenever they feel like it and uh, work kind of in and out, do meetings, do calls, and then drink and then stay up all night and then wake up whenever. And it's just a different lifestyle. And, um, you know, in doing all that, we started the, the real estate group that we had and then thought to ourselves, our heart is in technology and making things better for people. And yeah, we could do this with the real estate group, but we just, our hearts weren't in it. And so we started showingly and slowly but surely the vision grew and grew. I think the confidence grew. Um, and yeah, here we are. It's been three years that we've been on Showingly. Yeah. And, uh, five years ago, I think it was that we entered real estate in general. So awesome. Well, I tell you what, you guys, you just made up my decision that I'm moving to the Northeast because everything you just described sounds really awesome to me. I mean, um, I can, I can get up whenever I want. I can stay up and party and I can make a billion dollars. I mean, what, what's wrong with that? <laughs> that was at an entrepreneurial college, man. I don't know if it's like that in real life, but <laughs> Hey, sometimes in the outside looking in, that's, that's, that's what it seems like, or all our friends out there, they're yeah, those are their dreams. So I love it. I yeah. love it. I'm sure. I'm sure they've grown up since then, and and um, and, a, and a better half had probably wrangled them in a little bit. Um, my and my first thought too was when you guys say, you know, I'm entrepreneurial, and you're in Denver. Uh, come on, you didn't open a dispensary like every other person has done in Denver or Colorado. Oh gosh, no. Yeah, it seems like they're popping up everywhere. I mean, on every corner, there's there's a new one. But um, yeah, five, five years ago when I got into this, I was like 20 and. I remember getting a, um, what is it, a, f a floor call. And it was this dude who wanted me to go take him through like a $2 million commercial building uh, for purposes of opening a dispensary. Dispensary, maybe it was just to, to grow, to manufacture. And I, I was totally oblivious at the time. And it started to dawn on me as I was doing the showing, but it was like, welcome to real estate. That's yeah. Colorado for you here. Like, um, yeah, we, we never dabbled, I guess. No, not really. That, That's so. interesting because I, I actually know several real estate professionals in Colorado that they've done. They either are currently doing it on the side or they've done it. Um, so it just seems like it's just a way of life um, in Colorado for whatever reason, but not a bad one. I mean, we've just discussed <laughs> two really awesome ways of life here, fellas. I, don't, I think we can talk about <laughs> It's not so bad. I mean, do we have to talk about showing Lee and Tech? I mean, come on. I mean, we can just talk about how everyone's happy here in Colorado, walking around. Some real business opportunities. 
I love it. I love it. Well, for the sake of, of lab code agents and, and what we are, uh, let's, let's get back on task. Uh, so I mentioned in the beginning, you know, so first of all, it's interesting. So you guys are, are relative pups in the real estate industry, five years total, uh, which means you were in production for just a couple. What, you know, first of all, what was that experience like as, as realtors yourselves and what led you to vacating real estate that led you to where you are now? Oof. I would say we yeah. were in production until around the time COVID hit. So it might've been three, four years in production. And then it started to become a conflict of interest because obviously you don't want people to think if, if you're being a tech provider that you have any conflict of interest and at heart, we didn't. Um, and it didn't dawn on us till a little bit later that we should probably let that go officially, even though it wasn't being used in that way. But I would say the first year, I don't know if this was your experience, but the first six months maybe was just learning. Like it, it felt like I couldn't get a deal no matter how hard I tried. And I think the first deal I ended up getting was I would do three or 400 calls a day with a triple line dialer and leave voicemails when they didn't answer. And it was a callback on a voicemail that got me like a $600,000 listing. I remember walking into the listing appointment I'm just 20 years old and I think I'm wearing shorts or something. I, and I probably tried a little bit harder than that, but, but they're like 70 years old. You trusting me with their $600,000, you know, largest asset. And here I am. It's like, how, how do you even begin to tell someone that you are trustworthy as a 20 year old, not having done a deal. And yeah. I think from there within a year after that, we were able to start a team. I think I hired my, first agent under me before I could drink a beer legally at least. And um, from there we grew the team. I think when John joined, I had about five agents, then John crushed it and we scaled the team together to about 30 agents. And this was all probably within two or three years really, of having joined yeah. the industry. Here, here's how I would say we approach this, right? You can, and this is what we told some of the agents too is, do you want to follow some of these people that have been in this industry 20 or 30 years and have what they have right now, but it's taking them 20 or 30 years to get that? I mean, you could have that in 20 or 30 years, or do you want to do what we've done in a 10th of the time and have comparable results? Because we thought about it like this. If you had a gun to your head and someone said, you have to accomplish your 10 year goal in three weeks, what would you do? I mean, you have to think about it in a way that stretches your mind beyond the things you've assumed are possible and not possible because you wouldn't let someone just pull the trigger. You would figure it out, or at least even if you couldn't, you, you would think in ways you've never thought before. And that was the approach we took. And that's why we had a team of 30 agents within three years of even knowing what real, real estate sales was. So yeah, I think just expanding on that, I, there was a lot of a lot of people in our a brokerage or just our friends. And um, when Andrew and I were started, you know, hey, we're, we're starting this team, we're going to start scaling it, um, yada, yada, yada. And everyone was like, no, no, you have to do this. You have to, you know, do it this way. And we're like, no, no, we don't want to do that. And um, just kind of going against the grain with, uh, you know, traditionally how it's been done and nothing wrong in that. Um, but we just had other dreams and other things to accomplish. And so I think, uh, you know, the biggest thing that I, I've learned through this whole experience and just seeing the miraculous things that, you know, people from all walks of life and background and 
you know, whatever narrative they tell themselves is, is just, why not me? Why can't I do it? And um, allowing people and setting up a system for people to, to just challenge their, uh, their way of thinking, you know, the way it's always been done and, and do it in a way that, you know, there's a plan in place to get there. It just, sometimes it takes massive action and um, yeah. And so on that alone, um, you know, we both, uh, you know, we built out systems um, that would facilitate scale, you know, they'd be great at, you know, a small team, but also great at a hundred person team. And that's where we were going to go. Um, and then obviously showingly kind of came in the midst of that, um, alongside our, our team, but we started doing really, really well. And when we were recruiting new agents, producing agents, whatever it was, is we wanted to take anyone, um, from really any, any walk of life or any career or whatever, plug them into the system and have them be successful um, with whatever that meant for them, whether that was four deals, five deals, or, you know, or, you know, they want to be a top producing agent from the business model that facilitated that more money in their pocket, more value up front from, from the team model. And, um, and then leverage kind of, you know, the system that we're in, obviously we didn't have a brokerage, but leveraging, you know, our brokerage that we were at and, and utilizing the tools available to us to, to really grow and, and do something meaningful and, and also, uh, you know, teach our agents, you know, how to think, not what to think and um, those types of things. So. I love it. I love it. So did, would you say that the experiences that you guys had uh, in real estate or what led you to wanting to build showingly? Is that where that came from? I, I think that I'd have to say so. I, yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those things where we had the team and we'd been thinking so on such a big scale and that's why we were building it so quickly that almost the vision for the team or the vision for what we wanted to do outgrew what we could do with the team and began to seep into what we could do for the industry. And, and that's kind of what breached us having our hearts and building a team and more in building something that we could materially change and have an impact in a great way for the industry. So, so let me ask you this, and this, I always thought this question and now I'm living it. So I kind of know the answer, at least as it is for me and probably for some others, but you know, you always, you always see people at events or speakers and they're talking about how successful they were in their industry and they left to go do X, right? Whatever it is to build a company or coach or whatever. And it's always like, well, if you were so successful, why would you walk away from that? Why would you leave that? Why wouldn't you just scale a team to run itself and then move over to another venture? What's your guys' answer to that? We started making some good money right before COVID hit and probably we would not have just folded the team and maybe look to sell it, even though the multiples aren't that great, or at least hire a CEO or something. Right. But mm -hmm. with COVID having hit, we had just raised a few hundred grand, I think at that time to build showingly it was becoming clear that we had to not spend our time building the team. And with it being like April of 2020 or May, it was just, it was, it was too much. There was no way to sell it, or at least we didn't have the time to figure out a way to sell it. And we couldn't keep doing it. And so it was just a very difficult decision, but we, we had our hand forced, I would say. Awesome. Well, and I don't think it's a bad thing necessarily uh, when it comes to uh, when you're in the real estate space, selling something to the real estate world and not competing with them. But then on the other side of the coin, there's something to be said for 
I still, uh, I still have my, you know, my, my hand in the cookie jar and, and I'm still playing the game and I'm boots on the ground. And, um, just, just curious. I just, the, the curiosity, cause I interview a lot of people just like you guys. And I just like to ask those questions cause I'm just always curious. So let's talk about, uh, mm. let's talk about Shonley. Let's talk about, you know, actually, you know what, before we get there, um, let's actually, you know, let, let's go there. Let's go there first. Um, because I, I think it's a natural progression of this conversation. So COVID happens, you guys, you know, tie up the team and, and, and just end it. Right. And you go all in on this. Uh, uh how, what does that look like? You know, how are you paying your bills? I mean, obviously it must've been going well, but talk about, uh, kind of how this has all kind of evolved. Yeah. I think, uh, just kind of backing up, uh, when, we, we had the team and experiencing all these solutions that we had to, you know, manage the team from the operational side to the actual real estate and facilitating, you know, all the sales systems, systems, marketing systems for your agents and all these things. I think that was, um, you know, the real uh, development of, of showingly, I think, you know, we started, you know, with a very like particular vertical of, of solution. And then uh, I think from there, we begin to grow it very, very quickly, the vision um, through the experience that we, we received from actually utilizing the systems in the industry from the CRMs to, you know, marketing systems to even our brokerage systems that we had to use for compliance and all those things. And so um, for us, it was just kind of like, there's, there's so much more. And I think that that began, you know, the identification of an either, either ah, if I can speak, um, an even bigger problem, um, which was just kind of uh, how how segmented a lot of these solutions were, um, given that they don't talk very well to each other. Um, and that that's a big problem, right? I mean, I think it creates a lot of confusion um, for most agents and, and really agents, you know, what they should be focused on is, you know, their relationships and those things. And if the systems are hard, they can't do that. Um, they can't focus on the relationships and, and really creating and building rapport with their clients when they're worried about, you know, their overdue tasks on their CRM or, you know, worried about how am I going to create, uh, you know, world-class marketing materials, um, you know, so I can go get some business or what dialer am I going to use and all those things. And so for us, that was, that was a big precursor to the development of, of really showingly. No, yeah, that, that all was important in shaping that. And I think once we, once COVID hit and once we started only focusing on showingly and had no income from the team, we quickly burned through that cash we had made, I think. Um, and to your point, it, it was like, what are you going to do when you run out of cash? For us, I think we trusted on, on I guess, self-development or business principle that if we didn't give up and if we put every ounce of energy we had into it, something would go right at some point, we'd, we'd get a break and we just, despite how hard it was going to get, if we just kept pushing, it, it would happen. And we took that approach to the bitter end. I mean, it, it was like June or July in, during COVID. And I think we had no money. I think we'd maxed out our credit cards. And I remember we hadn't really built the company as quickly as we wanted to on the tech side. And we had to convince investors to give us money at that time, even though we hadn't accomplished what we wanted to with the other money we had raised. And, you know, we had taken friends and family money and we had plenty of people working for us or with us, you know, wanting to 
build this. And if we couldn't execute on raising, then everyone was going to lose everything. And I remember just during that time, also not being able to pay rent. We're, we're going to bed at night, you know, <laughs> thinking these thoughts until early in the morning. And it's like, at the end of the day, does the principle apply when it's easy or always, right? And so yep. we just kept going. And eventually, I think there was a time when we realized we had to become the tech guys more so than just guiding on an architecture level. And so we really went and had to do it ourselves a lot of the time. And we, we put every ounce of energy we had into making this work one way or another. And I think eventually, you know, it started to pay off, but it took years and years, I would say. So wasn't fun, wasn't easy, but, um, you know, now we have a great team here, uh, 35 and growing. We have brilliant, brilliant people that now we couldn't possibly touch the, the code or anything like that because they far outclass us. And, and, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's gotten way bigger than us at this point. And so very thankful for that, but, but you're right. Those times were, uh, very defining, I would say. Sounds like a uh, real estate agent's career as well. I mean, yeah, just an entrepreneur in general. I mean, it's if it was easy, everybody would do it. If it was easy, everybody would stick around. There wouldn't be a, you know, an attrition rated. So it's it's a, uh, it's a good testament. It's a good story. I think it's good for an audience to hear that about it. It's feel good. Um, so with that said, what the hell is it? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's a, that's a big question, and I think the essence of what we started with, of course, was showing management. I mean, it's in the name showingly. I think something we've run into recently was we don't want to be known just for showing management because what we started to realize was what John was saying about these technical solutions is you have, look, you have over 600 MLSs nationwide with their own databases that don't really always talk to each other. You have all these derivative solutions that take all this listing and sold data and try and build something off of it. And you have all these one dimensional solutions. I think as agents, we had to navigate eight to 10, 10 different platforms or solutions to even accomplish our day-to-day -day business. And so what Showingly is, is the comprehensive solution for an agent to quarterback their entire business. And we don't have all of those eight to 10 solutions just yet. I think we're at five or six, but the vision here is to be able to get into this platform and manage your entire business and not have to go to literally any other platform. platform. You can stop paying for them all and, and you can run everything right here. And then taking that to uh, be a good reflection of technology and you yourself as an agent to your consumers and then connecting you to your brokerage. We, we want to build that ecosystem. And that's, that is at heart what Showingly is. It's a um, literally all in one. Is that what you're telling me? Literally, that's the CRM. Does it have follow up? Does it have all that stuff? CRM for sure. Uh, the only CRM that actually has a connection to the consumer because okay. your clients in your sphere, when you put them in a CRM, you're just blasting information at them. But with Showingly, your consumers can download the Showingly app and then they can search for homes and everything they do will add data to your CRM. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, so 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 let's backtrack here for a second. What would you say? What piece of the software 
the technology or what drove you to want to create this? Cause it can't, it couldn't, was it all just, you were sitting there one day and there, why couldn't there be an all in one solution or mm-hmm. was it, we really need this. And then from there it sprouted into many other things. Swing delegation maybe. Yeah. Uh, swing management. I, you can, you can take that one if you want. Yeah. So you're asking like, uh, you know, kind of start what's, what started. Yeah. I think the beginning we, uh, we were looking at the, really the consumer and driving convenience for consumers. Cause obviously without them, there is no, you know, buying and selling homes. And so I think that's where it begins and how we started that was showing delegation. A lot of markets don't know what that is, but you know, a brief uh, synopsis on that is basically, um, if an agent, an agent can be at two places at once. So if he has two different clients have the same showing appointment at the same time across different sides of the city, um, you know, obviously I can go facilitate one and either I can tell my client, I can't do my other client. I can or can't facilitate his showing in this case, um, basically hiring a showing assistant to go do a showing for you. And so that's how we started was that showing delegation. There's a few companies that I think, uh, you know, are, are still around and they, they do that um, in pockets of, you know, across the US. But um, yeah, and that's how we started was um, except, except those delegation companies didn't have a consumer facing application, which um, for us, we were going to add that element of home search and the consumer side to it. And then obviously from there, um, a really easy uh, direction to go is showing management. So, so yeah, let's just say this, the agents, us included at the time, are all scared of Zillow wiping them out or other companies like that, you know, adding so much convenience to the consumer that they can convince them to go here and not to to agents or whatever it might be, right? And of all of these fears, we thought to ourselves, there's no united technology front that professionals present to consumers. And it's so complicated that you might have a thousand agents in a market and you might have 25 different client facing search apps that or websites that are presented to a consumer. And so none of them are going to remember any of these at, at scale. They're all going to default to the shallow ones that are non non specific to one agent. And so we thought to ourselves, we need to find a way to provide deeper convenience to consumers beyond just search, which is why we started with the ability for on-demand showings, or at least looping them through the showing process with their agent and then ultimately having that professional friendly and agent friendly backend and platform that can facilitate that consumer interest. So unlike companies that sell leads or that try to take your listing data and use it against you, we take the data for agents and we make it valuable for them. And we connect them exclusively to their consumers and their clients so that they can't connect with anyone else or be sold to anyone else. we're trying to add that United technology front uh, for professionals to present to consumers. And I think that's what it started as. And then we realized if we're going to add that United technology front, we need to do more than just showing management. At what point along the lines, if you guys thought to yourselves, this is a solution that will help you circumvent Zillow. You know, I think you start this kind of company and if people ask you your dreams or your goals when you go to bed at night, they might be crazy and they might be big, but it almost sounds stupid to say these things out loud or to an investor, to the public. And so, you know, I I would say, frankly, day one that we thought of showing Lee, we were thinking big, we were thinking how, what could we do? And that's just kind of how our minds were oriented. So honestly, first day, first yeah. 10 minutes probably, but 
how long did it take us to say things like what we're saying here? Probably months or years. You yeah. Know what I mean? So interesting, interesting. Well, and I th- I say that because you're going to capture the attention of ear ear holes when you say z- just use the word Zillow. Um, it's it's an attention grabber. But frankly, I don't know that there's you know there's only a handful of agents, literally a handful of agents across the country that are Zillow agents that will say team Zillow, right? And even then, secretly, they're not. It's just a means to an end, right? Um, but it, but I, I think anytime anybody can can introduce a piece of technology or software that allows you to not be reliant on them, and not just them, there's others, there's the RDC, and there's other, you know, the platforms out there. Um, I think that's a, that's a win. I think that's a win in this in the real estate communities minds and and i think some people are probably applauding right now um so tell us a little bit more about this i mean it's an all-in-one solution uh you know walk us through walk us through a transaction what happens you know i'm i'm an agent i just signed up for the software and i've got my first deal uh does it i don't know if it matters does it matter if it's a buyer versus a versus a listing which one do you prefer it's uh I mean, the process flow is that an agent might get a listing, right? They go to the MLS and they can enter that listing to the MLS. And from there, they're going to say, how do buyer agents get access to my listing? In the showing instructions, they'll put showingly. And in the showingly web or app, they can ultimately go and configure that listing for showings. And then buyer agents can either single sign on from MLSs or download the app or sign in on web, however they'd like to get into the platform and schedule showings on that listing. And so that core showing management functionality is very straightforward. But like we said, that's not all you can do, right? So if I go to the platform, I don't need to be doing showings to to find value. I can go in there and go into my CRM and I can go and add my, my clients, my sphere and ultimately connect with them through the app or just if they don't want to download the app, they're still logged in there in your CRM. So you can still manage your communications with them and things of that nature. Uh, and, and those are two obvious, obvious use cases. But one thing that's incredibly exciting is we have aspirations to build the, the real first legitimate agent social experience. In, in that sense, connect agents to each other. The reason we want to do this is because there's many things that are lacking on current technologies because agents are not connected in one kind of single identity point of social media for lack of a better term. So for example, if I want to make an agent one of my TCs or one of my admins or one of my acceptable showing assistants that I can delegate showings to or anything of that agent to agent nature or I wanna join a team in the platform or anything of that nature, we need to have this ability to connect to other agents. And so with what we're doing with our social part of our platform is allowing agents to follow and unfollow each other, potentially see stats or listings for each other so that if I'm following someone and they get a listing, I'll be notified of that listing. And so then it's good for agents to get followers because their listings will get more exposure. Uh, So that kind of thing is also happening native to the platform. And ultimately, it's easy to understand that we want to connect people. We want to connect agents to their business, so showing management and CRM. We want to connect them to their clients. We want to connect them to their brokerage. We have the brokerage hub in the 
platform as well. And then we want to connect them to each other. Awesome. Awesome. So beyond that, <laughs> as I look through, you know, some of the slides that you guys sent, um, you know, I see some, some, some data and some graphs and things like that. Um, what is that? What is that that is built in there and stats and that sort of thing? Because that's something that I haven't really heard you guys talk about yet. Um, what is that, uh, that that's built into the platform? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we have some really, really brilliant people on the data team. And one thing that we've been able to do that many people have not been able to do, I don't know actually anyone that's done it, is we've done percentiles in a very easy to understand way because it's one thing to know that I've sold $3 million year to date. It's another thing to know that that places me in the 89th percentile in my MLS. And so some deep data insights, some great visualizations. Uh, there's a lot there that we've just added to the platform as a value enhancement because instead of selling that as some kind of product, we really want this to feel like a platform that I can come in and explore, yeah, and explore run my business through and, yeah. and that kind of thing. You would expect statistics and valuable insights. And so we can do that on the agent level. We can offer the brokerage that on a brokerage level. We can also offer a brokerage, the agent specific stats for each agent on a brokerage level. It, it, looks, it looks rather sexy. So let me ask you guys this, you know, you guys, that was the first, <laughs> I use that word a lot, just, to, just, uh, but it, but you gotta, you gotta earn it. You gotta earn it. Um, let me ask you this. So clearly, you know, with your experience and now doing what you're doing, which is building a very robust real estate piece of software here, um, that I think is very interesting. And a lot of agents that absolutely check out, um, where do you see the industry going? I know we, we teased this in the beginning that we were going to talk about this, but you know, after we're coming out of COVID, well, are we, or are we going back in? I'm not sure. Uh, that's another conversation for oh, a different okay. show. Yeah. Um, but where do you see us going? Because it, 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 whether we like it or not, it's impacted our lives. I mean, here I am now working from home and now I'll never go back to the office because I've built out an office that I don't want to leave. And it's just more convenient. Um, so where do you guys see the industry going, uh, when it comes to technology and whatnot, because I mean, God, you know, you look back five years, you look back 10 years. And, and if you had said, we'd be doing some of the things we are today, you'd been like, yeah, I don't see it, but now things are progressing so fast. You know, if, if you had said five years ago that the TikTok would be what it is, you know, and you told me all of the features that were built into TikTok, I'd be like, that's not possible. You know, but now look at it. It's insanity, right? You're, you're a damn near a professional videographer and you have it at your fingertips. Um, so talk to us about that. Talk to us about what you guys see, because clearly you have your finger on, on some pulses that most of us don't. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I think like just after kind of learning so much about the industry and all the solutions that are offered, I mean, and Andrew probably more importantly can talk a bit more about the data behind uh, the industry and I think overall, uh, you know, I guess um, people throw around the term dirty data or um, just it's, it's kind of chaotic, you know, the, the way, you know, uh, the industry handles data. And I think that's where it all starts. And that's that's where we started um, with with kind of sanitizing the data and cleaning it up um, when it gets into our system. And I think that's first and foremost, uh, the biggest hurdle that the industry is going to have to tackle is is handling the data. 
um, from, you know, obviously I know there's like Riso and Rets and you know, all these guys that handle data. And I think it, it just needs to be cleaned up a bit. And then, you know, secondly, kind of moves into another point of um, getting into, uh, you know, the data is the reason why it's very chaotic with the systems and solutions that are offered and why they don't talk to each other and, and all those things. And, you know, I don't know if you have anything else to elaborate on that, but yeah, um, the problem as I see it is that the industry is very resistant to change and sometimes for good measure, but not recently. And if, if we don't have drastic changes from real estate professionals, companies that don't care about them will like, like some of the companies we've mentioned will come in and change things in ways that they don't want things to be changed. And so they need to embrace change or, or suffer the consequences. And so for us, while they're trying to innovate within, you know, very restrictive lines and uh, we want to be at the forefront of, of real material change innovation here. And that's what we mean when we say sometimes that if the industry can't present a united technological front to the consumer, the consumers will default to the simplest value propositions, which in this case are some of these companies. And so we, that's what we're trying to do is we, we want this united technological front for the industry. It's a powerful statement. Um, the statement that, that uh, and it's true and it, it applies across all of real estate. And part of the reason is because the average age of a real estate professional, both real estate and mortgage is in, in mid fifties, right? Um, and so it's natural that there's a resistance to change. On the other side of the coin, if you find yourself at a younger age than 50, let's just say, and it doesn't matter if you're, if you're 70, right? You, you have the ability to evolve and those that embrace technology will have an advantage over those that don't. Because I, I know the president of our company used to always say one of his favorite lines was, you know, technology will never replace humans, uh, but, but those who embrace technology will create a distinct advantage over those that don't. Um, and maybe he's right, maybe he's wrong, maybe it will replace us to a, to a degree. I don't think it's gonna be in my lifetime, uh, especially not in real estate. There's just a human element to buying a several hundred thousand or million dollar home that requires human to human interaction. I mean, uh, you know, there's a reason why, you know, obviously Quicken has grown the way they have, but at the same token, if you talk to any realtor, if you give me a thousand realtors, 995 of them are going to say, stay away. Right. Why? Because it's not human to human interaction, even though it's a human, it's a call center human. It's just different. Right. And um, so I think it's always interesting to talk to guys like you, who you're the ones creating the technology, but not the technology to replace the technology to assist. Right. And I, and correct me if I'm wrong, <clears throat> technology, to help the human not be overtaken by the robot. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, I think it's just flipping the narrative on, I mean, really what we're offering is a suite of tools to enhance agents and make their life easier and build relationships because we understand that real estate is a relationship business. It just is. And we like obviously understanding that um, I think a lot of the times, you know, with many of the solutions that are built, obviously they're involving technology, right? Um, but we also come from the other side of things as well, where we understand 
how much interaction there is between people and this is a people business and it's it that's what it's about and so how do we enhance that for agents how do we enhance their day-to-day leveraging technology bringing innovation making things honestly easier um and that's what technology should do it should never be to replace um you know the human completely and i think that's that's where we're the most in my opinion i'm obviously not objective but uh yeah, I think we're the most agent-centric um, company. I mean, I, we're just out here to help agents. I think you're absolutely right in saying that humans will not be replaced by technology, though this is the decision or this, this is the fate that people in the industry are going to suffer if they don't embrace change because either all of those humans that are facilitating deals will work for Zillow because they own the infrastructure around how the consumer now buys and sells homes, or they will still maintain their own companies and be very decentralized and have a lot of different uh, pockets of companies doing this, but that infrastructure cannot be owned by one brokerage like, like a Zillow. So that's why we're here and we're building this buying and selling infrastructure so that all of these agents and all of these brokerages can still do their business, but the means through which the consumer goes through the process is not controlled by one brokerage. Because I think you're right, there will be humans, but will it be like it is now? Because that's we are trying to help the industry in that way, or it'll be by the company that has done it, right? So that's, that's what we're really aiming at. I love it. I love it. Um, and I think a lot of people can, uh, again, stand, stand up, if you're on the treadmill right now, push pause, standing ovation here for these guys, uh, because this is what the industry needs, right? This is the reality of, of it. This is what the industry needs. This is what we want. So fellas, tell me what's the best way to a learn more about showingly if, if we're interested, I know that it is in limited markets currently. So tell us about that. Um, and, and then tell us how they can best get a hold of you. Uh, because I think you're going to, you're going to have some interest uh, from the show. Yeah, I appreciate it. I think the easiest way is to go to showingly.com though. If there's any personal interest, our emails are pretty simple. It's Andrew at showingly.com and Jonathan at showingly.com. I think, you know, it, to discover us and to, to use us if we're in your market, we'd be extremely grateful. I think right now our goal is to speak to as many MLSs as possible, to enter as many markets, to be as available for all of you as possible. So yes. that's what we're working very hard to right now. And what, so, you know, uh, I'm in St. Louis, I'm an agent. I want showingly, I can't have it. What markets are you in? Right now we are in Colorado and we're about to enter San Diego. We just, we just uh, partnered last week, actually. We're in Miami in Florida. We're in uh, launching a few markets in the Northeast through MLS PIN in the next week or two here. And then we are in Arizona as well. Uh, Austin, Austin, Austin yeah. Texas. I think I'm missing one, Bakersfield. No, are we in Bakersfield? Did yeah. you launch? We yep. might be in Bakersfield. Yep. Uh, but yeah, we're launching new markets every month. Hate to go into all of them. And I think if we're not in a market you're in, this is where we would ask for some help is we're not even at this point needing to have an MLS pay us. At this point, depending on the structure of the agreement, they, you know, whether they want to license it or whether we have showing management at the agent level, we just want to go wide and be available to all of you. So any yep. word you can put into the MLS or 
anything of that nature would be phenomenal. Yep. Awesome. So in other words, the sky is the limit and you intend to be in as many markets as you can possibly get into. Yep. Awesome. Where as quickly is, as where, possible. Say that again. As, as quickly as possible. What is the, uh, and where, where is the largest contingent of your uh, client base right now? I would say Denver, probably Miami. Denver, Maybe Miami. Miami's taken I think Dave, over Denver. Yeah. So probably Miami. Miami. Awesome. Awesome. It, that's, that's random. But what, what led you guys to the, to Miami, for example? Phenomenal leadership at that MOS. Yeah. I think we just clicked the first day. It was, yeah. it was real, real, just sometimes, you know, you're, you're gonna have a good relationship with someone and it was kind of like that, but hoping to have more of those, yeah. more of those moments. I'm sure there's many of them out there. Uh, guys, go check this out. Uh, showingly.com. Uh, where can we find you guys on social media? Question. I think, I think it's showingly, showingly just appear if you just search it. Maybe Wait. get showingly on Instagram. Um, There's probably yeah, not a whole lot of competition with that word, so it should be easy to find, oh. right? You no, know, it's, it's weird. Sometimes people have squatted on the names. I, it might be get showingly. Yeah. Yeah. Get showingly on Instagram on Facebook. Get showingly. Just showingly. Just showingly. Awesome. Awesome. Sorry to throw you guys on the spot there, but uh, <laughs> I mean, after all, no we are a Facebook group. So it's, uh, I think it's important to, to mention some people might even be listening there. So uh, fellas, I appreciate you guys being on today. Again, it's, it's showingly.com, Jonathan at showingly.com, Andrew at showingly.com. Shoot these guys an email. Um, you know, if you have any dispensary, uh, you know, uh, opportunities, maybe you want to reach out to these guys. Just kidding. Just kidding. Reach out to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> fellas, thank you guys for being on today. It has been a pleasure. Yep. It's been great getting to know you and uh, I'm sure we'll be seeing more of you and uh, hope to stay in touch. Likewise. Likewise. Thanks, Jeff. Podcast.